It's February the 8th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, thank you so much for joining us today and every day on this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation. Today, we have come to Matthew 17, 18, and 19. And we've talked about in the Gospel of Matthew, the king is revealed, the king is rejected. At the very end of the book, the king is resurrected. We are deep now in that section where the king has been, quote, officially rejected by the leaders, the, the, the national leaders, the, the scribes and Pharisees. They have said this man is doing his miracles by the power of the devil. And so now in these middle chapters here, two things are happening at once. Number one, Jesus is being more and more open about what is about to happen to him. Number two, he's doing it because opposition is rising on every hand. So I guess what I'm saying is here in these chapters, we're not to the final week yet, but we're almost there. We're close. We're closing in on the last week of our Lord's earthly ministry. Matthew 17, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. He was transfigured in front of them and his face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as the light. Suddenly, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you want, I will set up three shelters here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down and were terrified. Jesus came up, touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anyone about the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. So the disciples ask him, why then do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? Elijah is coming and will restore everything, he replied. But I tell you, Elijah has already come and they didn't recognize him. On the contrary, they did whatever they pleased to him. In the same way, the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he had spoken to them about John the Baptist. When they reached the crowd, a man approached and knelt down before him, Lord, have mercy on my son, because he has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples." but they couldn't heal him. Jesus replied, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And from that moment, the boy was healed. Then the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? Because of your little faith, he told them, for truly, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. As they were gathering together in Galilee, Jesus told them, the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him, and on the third day he will be raised up. 
and they were deeply distressed. When they came to Capernaum, those who collected the temple tax approached Peter and said, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he said. When he went into the house, Jesus spoke to him first. What do you think, Simon? From whom do the earthly kings collect tariffs or taxes? From their sons or from strangers? From strangers, he said. Then the sons are free, Jesus told him. But so we won't offend them. Go to the sea, cast in the fish hook, and take the first fish that you catch. When you open its mouth, you'll find a coin. Take it and give it to them for me and you. Matthew 18. And I just pause here to say that I mentioned earlier that there are five great discourses that, that bracket this book or give a frame to this book. And Sermon on the Mount is one and the commissioning of the disciples in chapter 10 is another and the parables of the kingdom in chapter 13 is another. And this is the fourth one, chapter 18. And then the fifth and final one is the Olivet Discourse, chapters 24 and 25. This one has a lot to do with childlike faith and forgiveness. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, so who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a small child and had him stand among them. Truly, I tell you, unless you turn and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one child like this in my name welcomes me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to fall away. It would be better for him if a heavy millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depths of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses will inevitably come, but woe to that person by whom the offense comes. If your hand or your foot causes you to fall away, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. If your eye causes you to fall away, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hellfire. See to it that you don't despise one of these little ones, because I tell you that in heaven, their angels continually view the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If someone has a hundred sheep, and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he rejoices over that sheep more than over the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones perish. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won your brother. But if you won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. If he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention even to the church, let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector to you. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on heaven will have been or whatever you bind on earth will have been bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will have been loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you on earth agree about any matter that you pray for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there among them. Then Peter approached him and asked, Lord, 
How many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times? I tell you, not as many as seven, Jesus said, but 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, one who owed 10,000 talents was brought before him. Since he did not have the money to pay it back, his master commanded that he, his wife, his children, and everything he had be sold to pay the debt. At this, the servant fell face down before him and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant had compassion, released him, and forgave him the loan. That servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He grabbed him, started choking him, and said, Pay what you owe. At this, his fellow servant fell down and began begging him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he wasn't willing. Instead, he went and threw him into prison until he could pay what was owed. When the other servants saw what had taken place, they were deeply distressed, and went and reported to their master everything that had happened. Then after he had summoned him, his master said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one of you forgives his brother or sister from your heart. Matthew 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he departed from Galilee and went to the region of Judea across the Jordan. Large crowds followed him, and he healed them there. Some Pharisees approached him to test him. They asked, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife on any grounds? Haven't you read, Jesus answered, that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female? And he also said, For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Why then, they asked him, did Moses command us to give divorce papers and to send her away? He told them, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because of the hardness of your hearts. But it was not like that from the beginning. I tell you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, if the relationship of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. Jesus responded, Not everyone can accept this saying, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way from their mother's womb. There are eunuchs who were made by men, and there are eunuchs who have made themselves that way because of the kingdom of heaven. The one who is able to accept it should accept it. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But his disciples rebuked him. Jesus said, leave the little children alone. Don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. After placing his hands on them, he went on from there. Just then, someone came up and asked him, teacher, what good must I do to have eternal life? 
Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he asked. Jesus answered, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. I have kept all those. The young man told him, what still do I lack? If you want to be perfect, Jesus answered him, go, sell your belongings, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When the young man heard that, he went away grieving because he had many possessions. Jesus said to his disciples, for truly I tell you, it will be hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were utterly astonished and said, then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with men, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Then Peter responded to him, see, we have left everything and followed you. So what will there be for us? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, in the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious thrones, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or fields, because of my name, will receive a hundred times more, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. That's the end of the reading for today, but just hold on to that, this last part here. You kind of wonder whatever happened to that rich young ruler. We're going to be told, you know, this story is told with additional details in Mark and Luke. The rich young ruler, Jesus loved him, had a real heart for this young man. He was hard on him because this was a, a good young man. Yet money had a grip on his heart. How hard is it to get to heaven? Like going through the eye of a needle. But what is impossible with man is possible with God. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to serve the Lord. Don't be afraid to be generous. I say to you what I say to myself. I talk only to myself. Ray, Pastor Ray, hold lightly what you value greatly. It, none of it belongs to you anyway. And I start with my wife and my kids and my grandkids and the various blessings of God and the house that I live in and the car that I drive and, and the friends that I have and the ministry that God has given and the strength that I have, the health, the breath I breathe. It all belongs to God. It all goes back to Him someday. And Jesus is saying here, don't worry about it. Don't worry about anything you give up. You'll be repaid a hundred times more and you will also have eternal life. In heaven, we're going to discover that the values of heaven versus earth, everything's been turned upside down. You'll never regret serving Jesus. So go out and have a great day. This is a great day to go and serve the Lord. This is a great day to go and tell somebody else about him. So go with a smile on your face and with a song on your lips and with the word of the gospel in your heart. Go, have a great day, serve the Lord. 
come back tomorrow. Now we're coming to that last final climactic week. Don't miss tomorrow. God bless, folks. See you then.